Within the house, the agent was unaware of the woman who watched outside. He carried the unconscious man up the stairs and into a room on the top floor. This room contained some strange appurtenances. Here, cunningly concealed, were emergency kits of makeup material, a complete assortment of clothes for changes of character, and various instruments and gadgets which the agent found useful in his continuous battle against crime. In other rooms of this house, there was a completely equipped chemical laboratory, a filing system which catalogued the names of thousands of underworld characters, and a library of several hundred books. This was one of the agent's main retreats, a place where he often retired to work on particularly baffling puzzles. The agent deposited his captive in an armchair and went to the window. The street outside was deserted. He could not see the woman who had followed him, for she had not stayed to watch, but had hurried around the corner to an all-night lunchroom up the middle of the next block, and was busy at that very moment making a telephone call. She spoke long and earnestly into the telephone, her eyes alight with a strange fire. When she was through, she hurried out of the lunchroom and returned to her vigil across the street. But it was in that interval, when she had been gone, that the agent had looked out of the window. Now he was busy with his captive. That young man was just beginning to regain consciousness. He stirred, batted his eyes. X slipped a pair of handcuffs on his wrists, went through his clothes quickly. There was not even a scrap of paper to indicate his identity. There was a large bump on his head, and there were flecks of foam upon his lips. X's eyes were inscrutable as he observed these things. What strange kind of being was this, who tore open men's jugular veins, drank their blood? The young man's eyes were open now, were regarding X with a strange sort of terror. It was unbelievable that this timid, harmless-looking youth had leaped in to make his kill like a jungle beast. The agent demanded of him, "'What's your name?' The other hesitated a moment, then answered sullenly, "'Lorento!' "'Who sent you to headquarters to pose as Secret Agent X?' Lorento's voice was monotonous, as if he were making stereotyped answers to stereotyped questions. "'Dr. Blood sent me,' he said, as if that explained everything. "'Why did you kill Patterson?' A slow smile spread over Lorento's countenance. His bloody lips made the smile a thing of horror. "'That is a question you must ask of Dr. Blood.' X asked him softly, "'Where can I find this Dr. Blood?' Lorento veiled his eyes, and his mouth assumed a stubborn set. "'You will have to find that out for yourself.' He twisted his head around, rubbed his nose against the lapel of his coat, as if it itched. The action was entirely natural, such as any man might make while handcuffed. The agent continued patiently, disregarding this subtle appeal to remove the handcuffs. "'You are not an American?' Lorento shook his head. "'No.' but I've lived in this country for a long time. Look here, Secret Agent X urged. You realize that you've just committed a terrible crime. You are under some sort of strange influence when you did it. Now you are more or less normal. This Dr. Blood has made a criminal, a murderer of you. Why do you protect him? Tell me who he is. The agent suddenly stopped talking, extended a hand to support the young man for Lorento's head had dropped upon his chest. His body sagged, and he would have fallen from the chair if the agent had not caught him. Lorento's breath was coming regularly, though a trifle slowly. He was falling into some sort of coma. His lips moved weakly, and X caught the words. Dr. Blood will...
take care of everything. The words died away into silence as the young man lost consciousness. His body became a dead weight on the agent's supporting arm. The agent betrayed no sign of exasperation at this sudden checkmate, but he could not figure by what method Lorento had been suddenly thrown into this coma. Though he had done extensive research work in chemistry and the allied sciences, he knew of no drug whose action was so delayed that it could be administered at one time so as to produce an effect like this at a later hour. He forced open Lorento's mouth, sniffed his breath. He perceived no betraying chemical odor. But his hand on the young man's coat suddenly felt a peculiar wetness on the lapel. He bent closer to examine the cloth, and a peculiar odor assailed his nostrils. Lorento